The following content is not suitable for children. Red light, green light. One, one two, of my three. favorite games. I didn't know you played games, Lori. <laughs> I do. I did. When I was a child, it was my favorite game. But we want to talk today about red light, yellow light, and green light, and what this means to people when they're communicating, kind of as a trick to help themselves stay more regulated and to help their partner stay more regulated. So we're going to do this. We train therapists to do this with couples, and we're going to now hopefully train couples to do this with each other. Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. We're just inviting you again to Great Sex, Great Love. And it is on May 20th. We are going to have so much fun. 520. 520. Good luck date. It is a, it's a Chinese number, meaning love. So this is so great. We invite you to have more love and to have these conversations with each other. It's a private conversation, private exercise, but in a group setting, you can talk if you want in the group, but there's absolutely no requirement for that. People are always anxious about that. And we're going to talk about anatomy and physiology and the sexual arousal cycle. And we're going to talk about fun things to make it better. And we're also going to talk about the dynamics of how emotions and sex kind of play off each other and how we can get tangled up in that Mm -hmm. and how to get resolution through that. And it's not enough to just listen to a podcast. You actually have to take the information and apply it, which is why we do these workshops. This is a chance for you to make this your own and to find results. So don't sit back and just say, ah, it sounds good. I don't know if I can make it. If I, you know, make it happen. Do what you got to do to get yourself into these conversations with your partner. Right. All day on Friday, May 20th, come to our website on foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And again, speaking about putting your money where your mouth is, thank you to our patrons for supporting us and, you know, making a difference by joining. The levels of engagement increase when you partner with us and you help spread the word. So people keep the reviews coming in, keep supporting us in whatever way you can. Every little bit helps. Yeah, and join us on Instagram. We are on foreplay underscore radio sex therapy. And we do like little clips every day almost. Uh, mm. Things that you can think about, uh, ways to say it better when you're ta- having in a sexual conversation. We do little quotes. We do things that really we want our visuals that can help you maybe seal in some of these principles. We make them as pithy as possible. So, And there's right. pictures of George there. Wow. You know, people said, by the way, they're like, George, that voice and that face, they like just don't go together. They thought you were like, like an old man, I guess. I am an old man, Laurie. <laughs> he is so old. You guys got to see how old he is on, on Instagram there for you sure. Go. He is really old. And to just continue, if you could help us, if you have your own platform to help us spread the word, we all could spread to the people we know. And there's, we have so many listeners here and we just, We want to figure out how to partner with you and and get this message out because the world desperately needs it. Yep. So, red light, yellow light, green light. Tell us about what does this mean in terms of communication when 
we're talking to our partner and we feel we're in green and maybe our partner goes yellow. What is yeah. going on? Well, I like to think about it as there are only three general categories that our partner's brain can be, right? That might interrupt. So if 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 Lori's sharing something about whatever's going on with her, I might have three possible responses where I might kind of jump in. And we're going to call that green, yellow, and red. Green is I'm, I'm, I'm open, right? I'm in an empathetic place. I hear her talking and I'm moved towards compassion or empathy or reassurance. So she starts to say, hey, George, I feel so sad. When, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know you feel so sad. You know, and I want to come towards her. I mean, this is good stuff. We want to be ready for those green interruptions because that, that tells us, it gives us information. Our partner is open. Our partner is accessible. We can keep going. We can go deeper. Right. It's, it's really good for us to kind of know how to harness that, to be able to appreciate our partner. Like when your partner is open and you say, thank you for that. Like that was a good interruption. I, I'm glad to know you're listening. I, I'm glad your focus is on me because you're the person sharing. So that green light's really important. Yes. And we feel something in green light, right? Our body is relaxed. Mm-hmm. We don't feel stress. I mean, maybe we are open to curiosity. It's, it's a, relaxed, good place. Exactly. Yellow light is probably more common. Yellow light is where one partner really wants to hear and is listening and it might be moved and be empathetic, but they're also mistrustful at the same time. So you might say, George, I feel really sad. And I might be like, I'm so glad you're sharing this, Lori, but why'd you wait? six months to finally talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a defensiveness that's alongside the empathy, mm-hmm. right? And having a plan for that, like before it happens, gives you a better chance of knowing how to move into it, mm-hmm. right? So with these yellow lights, the order matters. And the more that we are ready for the mistrust and we could speak to the mistrust and hopefully that calms it down. And then we try to kind of highlight the appreciation for the empathy, we get that person's brain from yellow to green back into responding to what we're trying to say. So if I'm responding to you in yellow light, mm-hmm. then something there's some stressor that I'm beginning to feel. My brain is getting escalated in some way. Yep. I'm defensive, maybe. I'm alarmed. I'm threatened. Yep. There's something not so good going on with me. I'm, I'm not blowing my head off, but it's like there's just something that is troubling and that's beginning to show in the way I communicate with yeah. you. My, and, my withdrawal or my, yeah. you know, maybe my push. I, I don't know. Depends. Right. And there's also empathy, right? Okay. Both are present at the same time. Okay. So yellow light, we have both. We have both. So when you get that both, you want to speak first to the mistrust. Mm-hmm. So again, if you're the one that says to me, I'm sharing with you, I'm sad. And you say, thank you for sharing. but why did you wait three months to say this, right? That but is your mistrust. Mm. That but is the part of you that's starting to get defensive. That's not understanding, right? It's, mm-hmm. So when I see a yellow light, I want to be able to speak to the mistrust first, calm it down, and then try to get that, that longing that may turn it into a green light. So if I would say to you, hey, Lori, you know, you're right. I, I probably could have brought this up earlier. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you're only hearing about it now, you're like, well, what is going on there? I can see you trying to make sense of it. And I get that. You know? mm-hmm. And I, again, I wish I would have said something earlier, but I really didn't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. Right? But I am so glad that you're open right now. You want to know more. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I wish I would have known how to do this earlier, but to see that you want to know more now is really helping me to kind of put words to something I haven't put words to. So how is that for you? As like again, I, I try to respond to the mistrust, give it permission, but then I try to prime the longing, the part of you that wants to focus on me and help mm-hmm. me feel understood in this place. I think that if you were just to push forward and keep talking without mm-hmm. telling me that you see this part that is feeling uncomfortable suddenly, I mean, that would be a total miss, right? It would be like you had your agenda. You weren't really in conversation with me. You weren't noticing what was happening in me. But when you say to me, okay, you know, I, I hear what you're saying and you have some good reasons for that. I get it. Why this might be a little distressing to you. You know, I, I mean, it takes down my defense and my distress because I'm seen. Yep. And I'm told essentially like it makes sense to you. And But then I'm more open and able to follow your agenda or what you might be wanting to tell me. And so my empathy is clear, pure. Yes. And most couples have a tough time doing this. We are trying to give you practical tools that you can use in your conversations. And if you think about these tools, now you have a chance of applying them when these conversations happen. Mm -hmm. What most people do is when you say to me, but why did you wait six months? That sounds like a criticism. That openness that I was having turns my brain yellow. Mm -hmm. And I start to go into, well, I waited six months because, you know, you you weren't here six months ago. You weren't interested six months ago. So now I feed off your mistrust and I tell you you're doing it wrong. And then you blast back. And before you know it, that sad place we were talking about, bye-bye, is gone. Mm -hmm. The vulnerability is gone. Exactly. We've both triggered each other. Right. Yeah. It's because I didn't know what to do with your mistrust. Mm Mm-hmm. But again, if you're ready for yellow light, you're like, ah, that's what George and Laurie are talking about. All right, so there's some mistrust. Let me give that mistrust a little bit of love, a little bit of permission, calm it down, and then let's see if I can get this my partner to refocus back on me being sad and wanting to know more about that. Because if I can, and again, the, the test to this is can your part who's sharing, whoever's the person sharing, the other person's job is to respond. Right, I think what gets a lot of couples into problems is they they try to do too many things at once. Oh my gosh, yes, right, yes. I love Ryan Rayner talks a lot about this. Or James Hawkins on a Leading Edge Seminars podcast. He always talks about finish the mission. He works with a lot of Navy SEALs. Right, declare a mission, finish the mission. If you're on one mission, don't start another mission. And yet that's what couples do all the time. I want to talk about feeling sad, which makes you feel like you're doing it wrong. You want to talk about doing it wrong, makes me feel not listened to. So then I jump back into you and say, what are you? And before you know it, I don't even know what we're we're arguing about anymore. Right. We tried to do too many missions at once. And I think that's why it's brilliant to use the traffic light as a symbol for us to organize around this. Because it, it allows us to realize that there's, First of all, there's control in terms of who is talking, who is who is listening. There's just kind of some organization there. And secondly, about the three different levels of how we're communicating in terms of our emotional engagement versus defensiveness. Yes. And that intentionality that says, what are the possible different interruptions? And to have a plan for each one of those interruptions. Mm-hmm. So again, that green light, I can harness that. That's good stuff. That tells me we're both safer. Put the foot on the pedal, baby. Keep it going. That yellow light, okay, mistrust is going to happen in any conversation. I have a plan for that mistrust. Let me calm it down. Give it some love. 
and let's see if I can get my partner back to focus in on me. Mm Because if it turns into a green light, we're good again. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't turn green, it's going to go red. Only got one or two directions to go. So after we come back from break, let's talk about red lights. Let's talk about these red lights. Hey, don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress on an issue that you've been stuck in. Maybe it's a sexual issue or a relationship issue compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. How do people know if an intensive will help them? I do an initial hour interview to make sure that the candidate is suited for that kind of deep, long long work and also to make sure that I'm the right person. And for the record, if you don't choose to come in and see me, then you don't have to pay for that hour. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. Lori, really excited about the Success and Vulnerability Project. We are really pushing the leading edges of therapy and breaking down the process and in moments, session by session, choice points. Why does this work? What intervention are you using? If it works, what do you do next? I mean, this is the next level for therapists. Really exciting, good stuff. It is. I love it. I love what you guys do teaching and the demonstrations. They're fun. They're funny. And they're really helpful to my work. So this is training for therapists. If you'd like this training, go to successinvulnerability.com. It's all one word successinvulnerability.com. So we are trying to provide some structure here. If you're deciding who's the person sharing and the other person's job is the listener, right? To literally cross over a bridge to make it about the other person to be curious. That curiosity is what makes connections work so well. Mm -hmm. And whatever blocks curiosity, we have good reasons for that too. We just need help trying to figure out what that is. So the red light, Lori, you ready? I'm ready. I think the red light is, is the hottest one. Yeah. And it's the timing of the red light. Because if I'm sharing a vulnerable place, in that moment right before I go away, I start to feel like maybe I'm disappointing you and I get disappointed in myself. And I'm jumping into that vulnerability, right? My nervous system's taking a risk. If for whatever reason you get triggered and get really reactive Right, you get right to like a dysregulated, frustrated, blaming place that might say what to me. Well, it's going to definitely say that your vulnerability was not smart to share. Right. So, what might you say to me? Let's share an example of really hostile, big red light. Bring it to me, girl. Um, I work really hard at not doing this. Let's see if I can bring it back. I'll bring it to you. I like doing that. <laughs> okay, you do that. You do it. So you share something vulnerable with me. Okay. Um, you know, I just feel like working with you, it has some difficulties, and I'm really trying to get in touch with why and me this what, what gets triggered so in me pause. that might, oh, let's okay, I don't know what to say here. What do you want me to say? I don't want you to do me and you because okay. I get, you yeah, get too triggered with I that. Too triggered. I want you to use an example again <laughs> of a client. Just be vulnerable. You're sharing okay. a fear that maybe you're too, let's do the pursuit of okay. You're okay. too much. Good, right? good. 
okay, let's just pretend, let's say, um, some couple, and I'll be the wife, and she'll be saying, so, you know, I just, I just get afraid that, you know, when I ask you to spend time with me, that it's just, it's like I'm asking for too much because you you don't really seem to want to do that, and so it's this big risk in me to say, hey, can we do this? And you know, I, well, Lori, it is too much. You know, I don't, I don't understand. You need to figure this out. You, you're just too insecure. You need to feel better and more confident about yourself. You can't keep putting this stuff on everyone else. I mean, if you keep doing this, how are you ever going to feel better about yourself? Maybe you need to talk to someone about this. Yeah, that, that was a good red light. <laughs> I just felt slammed shut. Right, well, again, that's what a red light's going to feel like. And it's perfectly bad timing. Right mm-hmm. When one partner's in a vulnerable place and the other partner can't hear it because they're being triggered too. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what makes this such a bad miss. Both people are caught up in their own kind of protection or, mm-hmm. and, they, and they just miss each other. Mm-hmm. So again, what could we do as the person who's risking and, and gets shot down by the red yep. light? Yeah. And you might not be able to do this in a moment because it's so dysregulating. It is right? dysregulating. But it's nice to think about it now. So maybe there's a chance or you can do it afterwards. But I think the first thing that we have to do is we, we kind of have to, we have to soothe ourselves and protect ourselves from that place that feels so, so hurt and so distressed. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have to, we have to slow down ourselves first. I think you're right that even talking about it with people, knowing that this is one possible response that your partner might give you and having a plan, mm-hmm. you know, it's like having Xanax in your purse. You know, I, I know <laughs> I can, I can get calm if I need to, because I have a plan. Right. And so, so we're hoping that it will help you regulate faster, just knowing there is something that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the first thing, you know, Right. As therapists, we practice every day with people who are dysregulated. So partly what I do with somebody who's dysregulated or even a partner or a child who's dysregulated is, first of all, I remind myself of my intention that I don't want to hurt this person. Even though I'm feeling hurt, Mm -hmm. it it is my commitment not to hurt back. So, I mean, I kind of stay with that and I take a deep breath and I, I usually just like, okay, tell me what you just heard. It's like, because they may have heard something that was critical that triggered them. And, and I don't really know why they're upset. So I try as hard as I can to stay curious. No, I like that. I, it's, you have to put a tourniquet on yourself. Right. You just got blown up, right? You just got right. hurt. You I got just, slammed. Your partner, something is happening. You know yeah. your partner loves you, but in this moment, they're not the partner you need. <laughs> they're not acting right? loving. They're not acting loving, and, and you're hurting. So I think the first thing is to put that tourniquet on yourself. So I love that you're trying to do that. How do you ground yourself? Like, how do you say to yourself, ouch, that hurt, mm-hmm. right? But I, I know that when I hurt, I don't want to hurt my partner back, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, I want to try to help people. This is that intrapsychic piece, right? How do, you, how do you comfort yourself because your partner couldn't comfort you? Mm-hmm. How can you say to yourself, you know what? I, I do have a right to speak about this place, mm-hmm. right? And it took a lot of courage to share my fear. And my partner's not in a place to hear it. I don't know why, yep. right? But I need to understand that why. I need to explore that why. We're starting a new mission now, right? We were, this mission's incomplete. This sad place isn't still known. I'm going to need to come back to that, but something's blocking that. So I'm going to shift my focus and try to explore what is going on with my partner, 
and I'm going to cross over the bridge. I'm going to try to leave myself in a safe place that says I was brave what I just did. Mm-hmm. Right. And I listened to George and Laurie and they encouraged <laughs> me to do these things. And I have a right to my needs in this place mm-hmm. and being seen and comforted and something stopping that beautiful natural process. I don't know what it is. So let me figure it out. Let me start a new mission. Yes. And so the new mission is essentially my original desire to be vulnerable is now usurped by my partner's need. Yes. And so my new mission is, it's like turn taking. It's like, okay, you got something that's bigger than what I got. So you got to go first. Yep. So I I thought I had something big to share with you and I thought it was going to go well, but clearly you have something bigger. So let's do that. And I'm not going to try to mix in my old agenda into your the new mission. It's like, okay, now my new mission is like curiosity about what just blew you up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you might need time for that. You might need yeah. a transition. You might need to sure. say, fine, I'm walking away. You don't want to talk about it. Let me go into another room. Let me comfort myself, reassure myself, mm-hmm. put that tourniquet on, ground myself, take some meditation, some breathing, some prayer, whatever you need to take ground yourself, take a bath. You know, but to then when you come back, be able to say, right, new mission. Yep. I want to understand what's blocking your heart, not only from responding, but you actually got so defensive. You got so reactive. When you come for that new mission, that doesn't mean we're going to forget that old mission. That old mission, the timing just isn't right for it right now. It is critical that we write that down, that we get back to that. We cannot leave you alone in those places. That's not okay. Yes. So again, it's a shift in mission, a shift in focus, but we're not forgetting that original mission. We got to go back to that turn too. Yes. Eventually. Yes. So when you get that transition, you give your brain a chance to get more curious and open and say like, why did George get so defensive when I started to talk about my vulnerability? Right. And usually what you discover when you get curious is there's some threat in it for George. Mm -hmm. There's something about this insecurity. And if it's not fixed, if it's not addressed, this thing's only going to get worse. That what George knows how to fix things is to like confront the problem, attack the problem, address the problem. What you're actually asking George to do, which is come alongside your fear, he doesn't know how to do that with his own fear. Yeah. How am I supposed to know? It almost was like a setup for me and I didn't know it. You were asking me, come sit with me in my pain. And my body said, what are you nuts? You go to someone else to sit with that pain. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not even conscious, it moves that quick, but can you explore that with me? Can you help me understand, you know, the good intent in my destructive kind of defenses? Because if you do that, you disarm it, and then you start to help me get to what's blocking me mm-hmm. from responding to you. Yeah, so do we have time to do that? Sure. Okay, so I'm back in the role play. Yeah. And Okay, what I was just saying, hun, I, I mean... I can tell it kind of bugged you or something. And I'm just, I'm not sure what you heard from me or what you were feeling about it, but would you just tell me a little bit more? Could you go further with what you were saying there about how you, you know, you kind of think I'm too insecure and I should go seek a therapist and like, yeah, I I mean, you know, when I say I'm too much that it just seems to me that the more you focus on, all these negative things, Mm -hmm. the worse you feel about yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So I just want you to stop focusing on those negative things. Mm. 
I mean, that's kind of what I do. I try to focus on the things I can control and the things that make me feel good, and I do more of them. And the things that don't, I just try not to, you know, dwell on that. And, you know, I think it works better. Yeah. So, okay. And first of all, I want to appreciate that. Thank you for telling me this. And you, you seem more relaxed now. I'm, I'm really grateful that you're still talking with me about this. And you're right. You know, I can get really neurotic. So I see in what you're saying is part of you is trying to give me a strategy that works for you mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, how not to get so undone by things. Yep. Um, so I get that. Anything else that I was saying, because I felt kind of the strength of your reaction, almost like maybe I was criticizing you or I was, you know, I don't know. You no, were feeling set up or. I, you know, it does feel to me that you want to have these conversations that are just not going to go well for us. Mm. Right. Not only are you going to feel bad, but then, you know, if I try to help you, you're going to tell me I, I'm doing that wrong and I shouldn't try to help you. It's like, I don't see anything good coming from this conversation. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, and you're right. We blow up a lot and maybe it's my touchy feely therapist language or something, or maybe it was just, you know, I didn't give you enough warning really that I wanted to talk about something deep and, and you're saying most of the time when we try this, we, we don't get very far. So when I started talking about this, you're like, oh, this is going to go bad. We're going to end a disconnect. And I know we're going out and you must be thinking this is not the right time for this. So mm -hmm. I get that. Um, yeah, I guess as we're really trying to slow this down, I, I realize my frustration is not only that you go to a negative place, but I guess it pulls me into a negative place and I don't really want to go there. Mm. So I just get angry at that. And, and I, that's really not so fair for you because you just try to talk about something. Mm -hmm. So you, when I started talking about this, you kind of went to a negative place yourself. Like, you're not going to be able to help me. Yeah. With this, just going to go downhill. And you're like, I really don't want to do that. And so the anger is kind of like a block trying to prevent us from doing the, the bad dance. Right, exactly right. The anger is just saying, don't, don't go down that road. Mm -hmm. right? But again, I wish I would have told you that instead of just getting so angry at you because I didn't even realize it happened so fast for me. It does. I know we do this, and it happens fast for me sometimes too. Right. And then I don't really even get to know what you were talking about. I don't even know what, what it was that you were sad about, I guess. You know, yeah. That's the part, part that feels bad for me now. It's like you're trying to understand what happened for me, but I didn't really do that for you. Thank you for saying that. That that helps me a lot. All right, would you be able to hear a little bit more about where I was going with that? Yeah, I think if we could agree that, like if somehow we could figure out how to talk about this and like we were on the same team or we felt better, we made progress on these conversations, mm -hmm. like I mm -hmm. think it'd be a lot easier for me. Okay. Okay, so I mean, maybe what we do is we add a little structure to it. Maybe today is not the right day to do it. You know, mm -hmm. let's do it like on a Saturday morning at coffee. And I'll try to get really clear maybe about what I need from you in this. Cause I, I think maybe when I just start talking about my feelings, it's like, Oh, that's, that's, you have no idea what I'm going to, where I'm going to go with this. So it feels yeah. like impatient to have to wade through all that before you can give me something that I need. Mm -hmm. So I could think through this a little bit more okay. about where I'm going. All right, let's pause there. Again, what was cool about that is 
we're, we were getting a lot more structure, mm-hmm. right? I felt like your curiosity really took my brain from red to yellow to green, where I started to feel like, you know what? I'm sorry that this went down this yeah. way. Yeah, right? and you and came I back want, to focusing on me. Right, which, is, which was the original mission. Right. Right, so you're, you're being forced to deal with my mission because mm-hmm. I'm dysregulated. But once you pull me back, we want to get back to that original mission, mm-hmm. right? And I think the more that you could explain that to me, to mm-hmm. say, hey, my job in a short period of time is to keep my focus on you, to cross over a bridge, to stay open and curious, mm-hmm. like to be aware when things are coming up for me that make that difficult, yeah. right? That's all an interruption is. An interruption is something is triggered inside of me, some kind of defensiveness, that mistrust that just can block this process. The more mm-hmm. that the person could share it and both people can deal with that mistrust and try to reduce it, we can get back to that original goal. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was helpful helpful for me too. I appreciate that. Um, let's just review it. It's green light, yellow light, red light. Yep. And these are ways that our partner could respond to us when we're bringing vulnerability. Yes, exactly. Green light, we want to use it, harness it. It's so important. Empathy. Yep. Yellow light, there's a combination of empathy and mistrust. Calm the mistrust first. Validate mm-hmm. the mistrust. Some doubt. Give it permission. And then go for the long and go for the empathy. Get that person reset, refocused on their partner. Red light, you're going to have to transition, right? You're going to have to start a new mission because there's too much going on. Before you focus on the other person, you got to respond to yourself. Put on that tourniquet, Mm -hmm. right? It hurts to be vulnerable and your partner's not there, right? So you try to respond to yourself. You deserve that, mm-hmm. right? We need some success if we're going to go to vulnerable places. The worst thing that could happen, and what's so tragic in so many couples, it happens all the time. One person goes vulnerable, the other can't respond to it. So there's a failure in vulnerability. And that's the stuff that creates massive distance and mistrust. I don't care how much you love each other. That's bad math. Right, bad math. Okay, well, we hope that this helps you think about how to more clearly get across your message to your partner and what to do when there are good things coming from them, how to go deeper. But when there are blocks with a yellow light or a red light, kind of what to do so that you can bring your conversation back on track. Stay on focus, baby. That's what we try to do in these conversations. Thanks for listening. Keep it focused. And hot. And hot. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.